I think I'd just like to start by praying. So if you, would you just pray with me real quick? Uh, God, we're going to consider some good things today. And we ask that as we do that, that you would be present with us. That um, we would have a sense of communion with you right here, right now. Uh, we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, today's going to be a little different. We've never done communion at Christmas time. I'm excited about that. We got some other stuff that we're going to talk about that I'm kind of excited about, but it's still all going to go in the vein of God's good gifts. That's the series that we've been doing. We've looked at how God has given you emotions. You get to feel, express, you get to live life not as a machine, but because of the emotions that God gives you, you get to experience life in a unique way. We talked about how God gave you the Holy Spirit. The, the scriptures refer to it as a gift consistently. It's a gift to your life as you go from here to there to have the presence of God available for you. And, and I want to show you this. This is where we're going to go today. Um, I told you there were a lot of references that talk about God giving gifts. I want you to see this one. It's unique. This is James chapter 1, verse 17, and it says this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That, the end of that section of that verse there about the shifting shadows things, that's about God's character. God's not one thing one day and a different thing another day. Who is he? He's a God who gives gifts. And I want you to focus your attention on the first word in that sentence. Every. That is an extreme word. Uh, my wife and I have decided to try to not use extreme words in our discussions with each other. There's a list of them where we, like, we put effort into, like when we're in a discussion, we try not to say it. Every, never, always, ever. Those are extreme words. And what we found is that when somebody uses one of those words, we both have this incredible ability to go through every experience that we've had in life and to come up with a one time where that's not true. And then it turns into a discussion about why you use that word. We like forget what we were discussing before. Now we're going to talk about whether I do that all the time or not. And it turns into so much difficulty, we just try to avoid it. The scripture writer does not avoid it. Says every, it's an extreme word. Every what? Every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Maybe that's something that you can easily focus on. Sometimes at this time of year, it's a little easier. I find it's easy to do at Thanksgiving. You're purposefully trying to be thankful and to recall those kinds of things. And I, I think I'm, I can now say, it happens on a regular basis at Thanksgiving at least, where we'll be sitting around and I'll start reflecting on what's happening and I'll get up and I'll go find Tracy and I'll hug her and I'll say, hey, God's really blessed us. And we'll, we'll just look at our kids who are playing games and laughing and we're just having a chill kind of day and you're feeling overwhelmed with that sense of blessing. And it, it seems easy to do that in the moment. But other times, 
It's hard. It's hard because life is pretty hard. Life comes at you with twists and turns. And you end up with like dissension in your life at times. Stress. Friction. Anger. Sometimes you're just confused about what's happening and why it's happening. And in those moments, it's really hard to turn your focus to something that's good. You want to solve that. You want to find a way to get past that. And so it gets your attention and it holds you in. Now, now one of the good things about God is he's able to step in to those really difficult moments and to bring something good out of that. The scriptures tell us that he does this. But sometimes that is a process and it could take years. And when you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to celebrate. It's really hard to find the good. But what if we were more purposeful? What if we turned our attention to the stuff that God does for us on a regular basis often? What if it wasn't intended to be a holiday Thanksgiving Christmas thing? Like it's easy right now because there's some good things to focus on, but what if we had this ability to step back and go, you know what? There's a lot of things in my life that God has done. My family, I mean, not all of them, right? My, my family, my friends, good food. The, that perfect day in creation where you go outside, I, that's a different temperature for you people. Some of you like it 90, some of you like it 72, some of you like it at 32. I don't know what's wrong with you. But, that, but that's a perfect day. And in that moment when that's happening, there is something inside you that goes, man, God is good. God has been good to me. And it becomes a practice where you begin to see some things in your life from the hand of God being good. And it happens with all kinds of stuff. Sometimes you catch yourself breathing and you realize that without God's gift, you wouldn't be doing that. And it causes you to have a sense of gratefulness. Have you ever just sat down and made a list of all the good things that God has done in your life? And after you got done with that list, have you gone back and just reread it and stopped at everyone and considered that's from God? That's from God. That's from God. I have found uh, that when I've done this, that my list is pretty long. That uh, probably has something to do with age. Um, I've been around a long time, and so maybe I have the ability to have a much longer list. But I also think um, it's happened because I've started trying to develop eyes that actually see the good that God's doing. Because here's what the scriptures tell me. 
The scriptures tell me that God is a gift giver and that every good and every perfect gift comes from his hand. The only question is, can I identify them or not? Can I find them in my life? And yes, it's easy to do at Thanksgiving. It's easy to do at Christmas. And it's going to kind of be easy to do today because today is kind of a special anniversary day. It's, it's not necessarily maybe something that's widely known or understood. But 10 years ago today, the third Sunday, it was on the 16th of December 10 years ago, but on the third Sunday in December, we moved into this building. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring that up is because there is no doubt in my mind, having gone through that, that this was a gift of God. Like, I, there was no other way to explain it at the time. There's still no other way to explain it. And you know what's odd about the whole thing? <laughs> I didn't want to build a building at the time, I was, I was the one who was dragging my feet through the whole process. Do we have to do this? I'll tell you why. Um, it was 2010. There were 75 people attending Waypoint at the time. That is counting kids, dogs. We did not count cats. Kids and dogs, right? And so we, had, like, that was all we had. And, they, and the people got, like, they were getting fired up, and they're like, we need to build a building. And I was looking around going, with who? Like, there's not enough people here. I know what our budget is. I, what are we doing? This is insane. And you know why they were talking about this? They were talking about it because they had just experienced something miraculous. They knew, they knew, we all knew that a good God was interacting with us. Um, Waypoint is sitting on 36 and a half acres. Let me show you. There's a little drawing of that. Um, property right there. There's a little cutout over here that's not ours, but there's, there's a 40-acre section right here, and the three and a half acres isn't ours. In 2010, Waypoint paid $10,000 for 36 and a half acres. Somebody who didn't go to Waypoint decided they wanted to support us and paid for the rest. And so, you can see why people were like, what? Like, if we can do that, we can build a building. Let's build a building. Let's do something. I mean, God's been good to us. Let's go. But I was using logic, right? And I was looking at the facts, and I was saying, this doesn't make any sense. There's not enough of us. The budget's not right. This, like, it's not just that you build a building then you have to heat it. There's upkeep. There's all kinds of stuff. The budget doesn't make room for Like, what, what are we talking about? But we had a set of plans. We went out. We had somebody bid on them. And we came back. Here was the estimate to build the building that we were looking at. 2.5 to $3 million. My logic seemed to be holding up quite well. Right? Getting a little cocky. Going, hey, I, I think maybe my point has been proved. Like that, we, we um, 
we didn't want to take on a lot of debt. We thought we might have to do some, but millions of dollars? We, we, none of us could stomach the thought of that. And so in February of 2011, we announced to the church, we're not gonna consider building, a building is off the table, it's a done deal, we're done, we're out. Um, we created three triggers and we told them about them. We said there's three things that might trigger us to go back and have a conversation about a building. Number one, we double in size. If we had 150 people, maybe we'll pick this up and talk about it again. Number two, the budget made more sense. Like if we had some margin in the budget so that if we did build, we could actually support the building. That would make sense. And then we threw number three in there. We said if something crazy happens, we'll consider building. We didn't have an idea of what crazy was, we, but we had just gone through crazy. We had property because something crazy had happened. So we wanted to leave the door open for that. But honestly, if I was being straight with you, I was focused on number one and number two. Like those two things have to happen. Let's not have these conversations and let's, let's just get back at ministry. And so um, we're back at ministry. We're, at, like, think we're starting to get momentum again. It's really great. Things are going pretty well. And I got a phone call in the like, late spring, early summer of 2011. And the person on the other end of the line says, hey, I, I feel um, God moving me to make a donation towards the building fund which I thought was odd because we didn't have one of those. Like, we hadn't gone that far. And I kind of pointed out, we, didn't, we don't have one of those. And they were like, hey, I've been talking with a few people. We've gone in together. We have $440,000 we want to give to this building fund. Maybe you should create it. Seemed logical, right? That seemed logical. And so I said, okay, let's do it. This is really great. I'm like, I'm blown away by what's happening, and then they said, maybe we should consider the building again. And although I was like in shock from the donation, my math skills were still functioning, right? $440,000 against a 2.5 to $3 million project, that's not even 20%. I was like, I I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think we should drag this back up again. It's incredible, but, but I got challenged on that phone call. And uh, the challenge was simple. Hey, if God's moving me to do something and has got a, a group of other people who are involved in this too, then it's possible that he's opening a door somewhere and you just go, you're like, you need to go and look. There could be something that we could do in our budget. Have you looked at that, Blair? No, I had not. I was using logic, <laughs> right? And there was no need for me to go do that. But I took the challenge, and I went out and I had a few conversations with people, and we came up with a building design that would never win a single award for how it looked. <laughs> right? Big square box, lots of space, really functional, but not super attractive, right? 
And I thought, this will kill this thing. Presented it, and they're like, that's awesome. I'm like, what is happening here? I don't understand this. Right? But we, we worked on the budget, and it was still $800,000. So I was like, okay, we're more than 50% if we did this, by the way. That, that was a little bit of a lie. It ended up being a million dollars. We didn't know at the time. But, you know, we're in the range. We're in the range. And so we decided, okay, let's just see. We'll do a capital campaign. There were now 85 people at Waypoint. You can run the numbers on this. They have little things that tell you if you do a capital campaign, this is how much you should expect to get over a period of time. And it was around $150,000 that we thought we could raise. And that was over a three-year, and we decided to do a two-year. We wanted to make it a little faster, so we thought maybe a little less. And it was close to $300,000 that people committed to at that time. It was shocking. So again, not bad with math. Now we're at 740. We're getting in striking distance, right? Except one of the problems was that that $300,000 was going to come in over a two-year period of time. When we had a decision to make, do we wait a couple years for that to come in? Do we go out and get a big loan? I mean, what do we do? And it was at this point that I decided to get on the crazy train. Because, I, again, I've been thinking the whole time, this is, this is going to come to an end at some point. This is, this is nuts. I don't know why we're doing this. But it's, it began to appear to me that God was going to run me over with a train unless I got on board. And so I decided to do something illogical. Um, there was this uh, foundation that was operating in our county. They do a lot of good things for a, a lot of uh, organizations. Uh, they love churches. And I went to them and I asked for this. I said, would you give us a $300,000 loan for five years at 0%? <laughs> um, at that point, I figured, what are they going to say? Yes or no, we'd probably still be friends at the end. If they say no, it's going to be okay. I'm just going to ask. I did not... No, there was option number three. Option number three is what they chose after one single day of considering my request. Uh, they came back and they said, we'll give you $330,000. $30,000 will be a donation. The other $300,000 you can have as a 0% loan for five years. I didn't know what to say. But I knew the math. And we had $770,000 in cash now with people who had committed $300,000. And we said, giddy up. And in the spring of 2012, they broke ground. And in December of that same year, 
we moved in here. It's dangerous. It's dangerous when you look at the scriptures and you see what it says about God and you withhold your until your experience tells you that it's true or not. It's dangerous. He is who he is. And he was a good God. And he was good despite my stubbornness. And despite the hurdles that I was putting up along the way, he ran over all of those. And on December 16th, we did one of the weirdest services we've ever done at Waypoint. Not joking. Yeah, people were there. They understand. We didn't tell anybody that we were doing this. They showed up at church on Sunday in their nice clothes, and we announced that we were moving that day. And when we say that day, we meant right now, load your car, we're going. And I, I, I'm telling you the truth. They did not believe me at first, and I had to repeat myself. I said, no, I'm serious. The police are going to be here to escort us in 25 minutes. Will you please start moving? And it was only then, there was one thing, only one thing that I did not consider that morning. What if we had guests? <laughs> we did. <laughs> Check out their story. kids off at the Boys and Girls Club. It was like, I don't know if it was in the library? It was a nursery or it was like a lounge or something. Mm -hmm. It went to service. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was odd because we, you know, we had moved here and we had, everything else kind of fell in place, the job, the home, everything, and we had been searching for, for a church, right? And uh, that was like the toughest thing to find. And we were literally opening up a phone book every week to figure out where to go. Yeah, this is back when, so some people don't probably won't resonate. I didn't have like, a what phone is a phone book, book right? Like, right. but back then it was only ten years ago that that existed. So, like, we were literally crossing them out as we went, and then it was like you said, July to December. So several months we're like, well, Waypoint was pretty cool, and we felt connected there. So let's let's try it again, right? Let's give it another shot. And so we we did, and it was just one of those things where we showed up and sat down and like, okay, what's going to happen? And, I and think we sang said, some songs. I think you said, stand you... up, the cops are on their way to escort us and we're moving. And so yeah. we were kind of like, okay, what do we do with our kids and, and all that? And I think you guys had we looked something at, figured out yeah. for the kids. And I think we looked at each other like, are we really doing this? And I think we even asked somebody, like, is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it, it worked, you know, we filled up the van, we moved. And I think we took some chairs and... Yeah. You said kids' toys. I don't. Whatever fit. I think I was just in shock. Like we're really doing this. We're filling our minivan with yeah. chairs. Well, and actually, it was a really good way for us to connect to people because sitting through a service, you don't necessarily do that. Um, yeah. Intermingling before and after service, you know, I'm, sometimes we do that, sometimes we don't. But just like helping move really kind well, of forced us yeah. to, to engage with people. We didn't know this was people, a space so. either, so we're following this like caravan of cars. And we're like, oh, this is the place. It's the big red barn. And it was really neat. Yeah. 
we were able to take that video because somehow they survived and they're still at Waypoint. <laughs> like, they, they did it. Um, that moment uh, was pretty fun for all of us. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't that we were trying to avoid a moving day because we hate those. We just thought moving hour would be more interesting and uh, we got in here, we had a little dedication service, and we just remembered how good God had been to us. See, it, it's not that the building was, you know, this is the part that I missed. Do you want to know why I didn't want to build? I didn't want to build because I've watched over and over where people build buildings, and then the building becomes more important than the ministry that they want to do. And we had a desire to do ministry with young kids and with students and, come on, you all know this, right? They're hard on buildings and stuff. Like, that's just the way it is. And I didn't want to care about that. I, I didn't want that to be in the way. And so I, I'd been dragging my feet, but what I missed along the way was the number of opportunities for ministry that would explode under our own roof. Our mission is simple. We want to be a place where people adjust their course toward Christ. And I didn't really understand how badly we were handcuffed with that, renting a place. That pl it was really great when we could do it. But when we had our own space, the number of things that we could do, the opportunities that opened up, started really kicking off for us. And we began to see change lives. That, that motivated us. And I, and I think that's the whole point of it. It's not, it's not that we had a building and the, what the building was. It was, without a doubt, it's on my list as a blessing of God. I can't get away from that. I can't explain that story. But what he did here, because of that, is humbling because all of those stories of life change are a gift from God too. Uh, I wanted to find a way to just give you a taste. So it, it, there's, there's only a few stories here. I know there's a whole lot more. But I want you to understand what that has meant over the years for people adjusting their course toward Christ. So I want you to watch this video. I think it was when I walked through the front door. Okay. And hadn't been to church in like 30 years, didn't know what to expect, and uh, huh. was met by friendly people, and there was just an air of um, uh, acceptance. They treated me like they'd known me forever, and it kind of blew my mind because, you know, you just don't run into that. And so if somebody was to ask me uh, what impact did Waypoint have on me, I would have to say uh, the automatic acceptance. I got to know people outside of church, and they were the same outside of church as they were in church, and um, I thought, wow, okay, uh, this makes sense to me, I can embrace this. And if I can embrace it, then I can grow in it, because I trust it. 
when me and my family were going through the adoption process, um, we had we had uh, weeks um, where we went to Haiti and we visited um, the girl that we were going to adopt. I went with my parents the first time we went, and everything was going great. It was like day six or so, and then all of a sudden, my dad had a heat stroke. I got sick. My mom got sick, and it just it, everything just went down the gutter. Uh, a few weeks later, um, I remember I had sort of developed depression. I believe my parents forced me to come to a worship night here at White Point. Um, so we went up to the flat um, and we just listened to songs. And I remember, I remember crying in a pillow the entire time, just listening to the lyrics, just listening to the Word of God. And I just remember it moved me so much. And I remember everyone coming up and trying to trying to help me help me out as I was literally just laying there on the couch crying and I just I feel God's presence in that moment and it just impacted me so much um, and I'm just eternally grateful for that opportunity for that to happen to me. I had one of those moments right here in this office. I was wondering whether I was still called to do the ministry and I was sitting here trying to figure out what next and I really didn't have an answer. And uh, one of my rituals is I'll, I'll throw on my, they all make fun of me for these old fashioned, but I, I wear them. And what's funny is half the time I don't even have music, but people won't talk to me because I have them on, it's very funny. Um, but I had these on and I put on um, some worship music and there was a song that was new, I hadn't heard it before. And when it played, I, I uh, felt the Spirit of God meet me in that moment and I felt like that song was meant for me to hear right in this moment. I felt my calling reaffirmed in that moment and it, it flipped the script for me. It changed the way I was thinking, it changed the way I was feeling and I think it really um, altered that because I met God. Now it was through a song but still it was clearly um, God trying to find a way to move me and uh, that happened right here in this office. I wanted to uh, add my story to that video because I don't believe that you need to adjust your course toward Christ. I think we do, all of us, me included. I'm as much in need of that mission as anybody else. And what I've discovered is that he is faithful to do that. And one of the ways he does that is he will roll good things into your life. And despite the junk that is sometimes the weight of our lives, he is true to his nature, and if you're willing, if you're willing to have eyes that will see, ears that will hear, if you're willing to pay attention, you can see that this nature that God has to be a God who gives you good things has been active in your life, and he'll create like this list of things that are good, and that if you could you could lean into that. You could develop a heart of appreciation, of gratefulness. Not just right now. It would be great during this season. But it could follow you past Christmas. 
we're going to make it a little easier for you to remember today because we're, we're going to take part in communion. It's a practice that's been going on for 2,000 years in the church, and it was done so that it could be repeated over and over, and you could remember just how good God has been to you.